Thank you, Monica, for that warm introduction. Uh, hello and welcome everyone to this talk uh, where I'll be talking about how to optimize for both query latency and flexibility using Apache Pino and Trino. Um, so hi, I'm, I'm Chinmay Soman. I'm uh, currently part of Startree, which is uh, building the next generation real-time analytical platform on, on top of Pino. Uh, previously, I led the streaming platform team at Uber and I, I'm also part of some open source projects like Pino and, and Samza. So before I even begin, I wanted to call out um, the awesome work done by these two gentlemen, uh, Xiang Fu, who's actually the co-founder of Startree, and Elon Mazzole, who's, uh, who's an awesome engineer in, in his stealth mode startup. Uh, most of the technical uh, work behind this talk was done by these two folks. So I wanted to give them the kudos they deserve. All right, so today uh, I'll begin by discussing the uh, modern complex analytics e uh, ecosystem um, and, and what are the key challenges of running analytical queries uh, in, in this kind of a, uh, when data is flowing across all these different systems. Uh, we'll look at how the hybrid architecture using Pino and Trino can be used to overcome uh, the, these challenges. Uh, next, we'll, we'll look at uh, the internal details of the Trino Pino connector, um, and then finally touch upon some of the future work that's happening in, in this area. All right, so let's begin. Um, here's our generic user application. Um, this could be a, a mobile application or a website or a microservice. Uh, anything that uh, is generating, uh, constantly generating lots of things like business events or logs and, and metrics, uh, and, and that's being pumped into some sort of a streaming system, uh, for example, Kafka. Uh, these applications also generate entity data, for example, user profile, customer profile, uh, financial transactions, uh, which need to be handled by a special purpose OLTP database, for example, MySQL or Postgres. And from here, data is, is constantly being archived into, uh, into what we call as a data lake, um, uh, which is used for all different kinds of analytical use cases. For example, powering uh, your warehouse or running machine learning pipelines and reporting and then so on. And in addition, um, a subset of this data is also captured in, um, in, a, in another specialized OLAP database uh, which is used to build real-time analytical applications. Now, now, interestingly enough, you could actually run analytical queries on any of these systems. Uh, but for the purpose of this talk, uh, we'll actually focus on these two systems, the OLAP database and, and, and the data lake. And, and of course, there's many, many challenges of running analytical queries in, in, in this kind of ecosystem. Uh, but again, we'll focus on, on two in particular, um, which, which affects, affects these systems. Uh, the first one being query federation. Um, this is where you want to run a SQL query um, and then process uh, as part of that query, uh, be able to process data, which is sitting in both the OLAP database as well as the data lake. Uh, now, users often choose this configuration because each system is optimized with a different purpose in mind. Uh, 
so for example the with with an olap database you get access to really fresh data so you can analyze data as soon as it's being produced uh typically the query latency is super low in the order of milliseconds um and also gives you a very high throughput um and on the other side the data lake is great for managing large volumes of data so think of like terabytes or petabytes of data in in a cost efficient manner so typically users would uh choose their most important uh fact tables that they want to analyze in real time and store it in the olap database and everything else is stored in in the data lake and so the challenge is how do you process all this data um in 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 a seamless manner uh so this was one such challenge uh that the folks at citibank uh, were facing as part of doing their market risk analysis uh this is the use case where they were trying to monitor uh, adverse movements in prices rates market volatility and so on uh, and all of that had to be done in, in near real time so think of seconds of uh, or maybe lower single digit minutes of uh, when changes happen in order to limit the risk exposure um uh, for this use case uh, they also needed the the queries to be flexible because there were frequent changes in in the business logic uh and and more specifically there were lots of joints between the real time fact tables uh, and the slow moving dimension tables stored stored in their data lake uh, in their case specifically they were using edge base and, and sql server and there's there's actually a great talk by valentine on on this topic that i highly recommend to go and watch uh, another challenge uh, with with respect to these systems is the query complexity um now keep in mind the olap databases uh, although they are great at giving uh, or or enabling very high throughput queries with low latency most of them were not built to be nc sql compliant um so very recently some of these olap databases have started to support um query semantics like joins um and still not really that mature on the flip side um the data lake with the corresponding query engines um they're able to handle uh, any kind of complex queries um in in uh, seamlessly across all the data that they manage um but uh with they are not with this uh, this particular option does not give you the the low latency and throughput that that some of these applications are looking for so let's take an example um this was one such uh use case in in 10x banking uh, where they wanted to enable product personalization for their customers so things like uh, how do you do dynamic fees or rewards or uh, let the users know how their behavior is affecting the rewards or penalties and then and of course capture the loyal customers and and reward them um now keep in mind this is a user facing analytical application which translates to uh we need to execute uh, high throughput uh, analytical queries and the query latency needs to be uh, really low um so in this case um, they had they needed something that would give them the power of the olap database but also be able to run these complex queries including joins uh, again a great talk by stuart uh, you should go and watch if if you have time 
So these are just some of the examples of the query complexities. Um, and clearly we're missing something in this picture to support such, such use cases. And one such solution is to use uh, Trino and, and Pino together um, to, to, run, to run such queries. So before I go into the Trino Pino connector, I, let me give a, give a quick overview of these individual systems. Uh, beginning with Apache Pino. So for those who haven't heard um, yet, uh, Apache Pino is an open source distributed columnar database um, that's built purpose-built uh, to ingest data from all kinds of different data sources. For example, you have your OLTP or stream or batch and make it available for uh, querying in, in real time. So some of the, uh, uh, and by real time, the more specifically uh, user-facing analytical applications, which is uh, its, its strength. Um, some of the largest Pinot clusters are able to ingest upwards of millions of events per second. Um, and, and can easily handle hundreds of thousands of queries per second in the same in the same cluster, um, while uh, providing millisecond level query latency for such analytical queries. Um, one important aspect of of uh, why users are choosing Pino uh, in the recent days is because of its ability to support upserts. So you could have duplicates or uh, upserts or mutability in your real time stream. And Pino is able to handle those effectively and, and provide a high degree of query accuracy. This feature is actually especially important for banks and other financial uh, institutions, um, uh, which is why we, we're seeing a massive adoption in, in that vertical specifically because of this feature. Um, and last but not least, uh, Pino uh, is an indexing powerhouse. So it comes out of the box with a wide range of um, built-in indexes that you can configure for any of the columns in your schema. So ranging from simple ones like inverted, uh, sorted, um, to like bloom filters or, or even complex ones, uh, for example, JSON indexes or, or geospatial indexes. Uh, one of the most important ones, of course, is star tree index. Uh, which is really a way of generating materialized view on, on top of Pinot. Uh, and as I mentioned, it's a distributed system. Um, so in uh, data, we, there's several components involved within Pinot. Uh, data is spread out across what we call as Pinot servers, which is the blue boxes here. Uh, within each server, data is laid out in a columnar fashion along with uh, any of the indexes that you configure in your, in your schema. Uh, next is the Pinot controller, which is responsible for coordinating all the cluster operations, for example, uh, data uh, partition assignment or replica assignment, managing the routing tables and so on. And finally, we have the Pinot brokers. Um, this, is, this component is responsible for query execution. So when a human or an application sends a query to the broker, uh, it will uh, do a distributed scatter, scatter gather across the Pinot servers to, to process the, the query. So what it does is identifies which, um, uh, which servers it, it needs to communicate with for that particular query and then delegate uh, the query processing to the server. Each server will then locally execute the query and then return an intermediate result back to the broker 
the broker then compiles all these intermediate results and then sends the final response back to the user. Uh, and Pino is a mature technology at this point. It's being used in production uh, by several big names such as Stripe, WePay, Cisco, uh, LinkedIn, Uber, and, and so on. Next is Trino. Obviously, I'll, I'll keep this short given most people here would be familiar with Trino. Um, but Trino is a, a, is a distributed ANSI SQL compliant query engine that's uh, able to execute complex queries across various kinds of data sources. It's also a distributed system and has components um, uh, such as coordinator and the worker. Uh, the coordinator is responsible for doing query planning uh, and, and scheduling the tasks involved uh, to process a query. These tasks are then um, executed on the actual worker, which uh, does the, the final query execution, things like scanning, filter, join, and so on. Uh, needless to say, Trino is also very mature and being used in production um, by all these big names that you see here, particularly Netflix, LinkedIn, Lyft, and, and so on. So with Trino and Pino, um, it, it, uh, this hybrid ar architecture allows us to do all kinds of things. For example, query federation across the OLAP database and data lake and, and other data sources included. Uh, you can run complex queries on Pino via Trino. Um, so whatever is the gap will be will be filled in by Trino. Um, it still gives you the ability to do millisecond level query latency um, because of the uh, the optimizations that Pino has to offer. And similarly, because of this uh, uh, Pino Trino connector, we can also run highly concurrent queries. So in, in, in the next half, we can look at the details of how this, uh, this is being achieved um, in, within the Pinotino connector. So these are the components that we saw from, from before the, with the Trino components on the left and Pino on the right. Uh, when we get a SQL query, um, the, the Trino coordinator, um, assuming this is for, uh, for the data managed by Pino, uh, will first fetch the metadata from one of the Pino controllers. And this includes things like the schema, uh, table config, as well as the segment list. Um, now segment is a, uh, think of a segment as a small chunk or a subset of the data managed by Pino. This includes the columnar, um, uh, all the columns within the schema in a columnar fashion, as well as any of the indexes that you have specified. And these segments, again, are, are located on different Pino servers. So with the segment list, the uh, Trino knows uh, which servers it needs to communicate with to, to generate the query response. So it'll take a look at, at, at the given SQL query and then figure out uh, how it wants to, to execute uh, this, this on Pino. And there's actually two different options of doing this query execution. Uh, if the query uh, is an aggregation query and, and something that can be pushed down to Pino, um, the Trino worker will actually send it to the one of the Pino brokers for, for query execution. In this case, uh, pretty much all of the work for the query processing is handled by uh, Pino broker and, and the corresponding Pino servers. And only minimal work is done by, by Trino. 
in other cases where <clears throat> it's not able to push down the queries to Pinot, it will resort to doing uh, raw data scans directly from the Pinot servers um, based on the segment list that I mentioned before. So, so let's take a take some uh, take a look at some examples to me uh, to make it a little more clear. So this is one example where we are doing uh, an aggregation query. Uh, we're doing a, a sum of column B from table with a filter predicate uh, where C is greater than ten. And there's also a group by clause here, uh, group by A. In this case, uh, Trino will will uh, determine this is something. This is an aggregation query and it can be pushed um, directly to Pinot. Um, as I mentioned before, it will directly send the query uh, to the Pino, one of the Pinot brokers and then return, uh, do minimal processing on the response that it gets from broker and returns it to the user. Uh, so this is really powerful uh, it, and it supports uh, the aggregation functions mentioned here, such as count, sum, min, max, and so on. Um, and the reason it's powerful is because um, here we are we're leveraging uh, all of the indexing and routing optimizations that Pino has to offer. So, for example, Pino Broker can, um, uh, given the the segment list, it can automatically prune some of the segments that are not relevant to the query processing. Uh, and at a server level, it can utilize uh, any of the indexes that that we mentioned before. So all of this can actually give you um, a, a anywhere between 10 to 100x latency improvement as compared to a regular uh, Trino, Trino query where we are scanning uh, all the data. Uh, let's look at another example. Uh, this is a much simpler query where we are simply doing scans uh, of two columns A and B uh, with, with the filter predicate as shown here. Uh, as I mentioned before, this is something that Trino will actually resort to just doing raw scans directly from the Pino servers. Um, so this will obviously be in parallel. It'll fetch the data from the respective Pino servers. Um, but even now, it is pushing the filter clause uh, to directly to the Pino server. So when the Pino server receives this query, it can utilize the local indexes um, to, to minimize uh, the data that needs to be sent over the wire to Trino. So for example, if you have a bloom filter uh, or, a, or a range index uh, defined on column C, uh, this will uh, dramatically reduce the amount of work uh, that needs to be done for, for running this query. So let's now take a look at a more complicated example uh, shown here, right? So as you can see here, we are doing a join uh, between two tables. Um, table one and two. Um, the first part of the query is actually doing an aggregation query on table one. And then in the second part, we are doing a jo the join of the aggregated view uh, with table two on certain conditions. So let's break it down. Uh, uh, the first thing Trino will do is identify which parts uh, of this can be pushed to the Pinot broker. So in this case, uh, the first part, uh, which is a simple aggregation with a filter predicate and group by. This is directly sent to the Pino broker uh, and the result is obtained uh, by the Trino worker. Uh, next, the, the the remaining part of the query, which is basically a scan of table two um, with a given filter, filter clause is actually sent directly to the Pino servers. Um, and then again, the intermediate res response is obtained by Trino. 
And finally, the actual join happens in this case on the Trino side. So Trino combines the two the results from the two individual parts to up to finally create uh, the final result for for this for this join query. So as you can see, uh, we uh, for these kind of complex queries, Trino will identify opportunities to optimize certain parts of the query. And where it cannot optimize, it will resort to uh, data scan and, and then do final processing on, on the Trino side, which, which is, again, gives you the flexibility that you want from, from these two systems. So this is, this is just a quick benchmark, uh, again, done by Elon and team. So thank you for them. Um, I won't go into the details, uh, but this is a uh, data set of 40 million rows. Um, and, and the and the queries being run as part of the benchmark were mostly aggregation queries with group by and 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 uh, and filter predicates. And the two things that you're seeing here, um, the blue gives you the query latency um, for when aggregation is enabled, aggregation pushdown is enabled. That means the query is actually executed by Pino uh, instead of Trino. And the the uh, red or the orange blocks are showing the, the query latency when the data is just being scanned from Pino and then aggregation happens on the Trino side. So if you can see here, um, on the x-axis is the total number of rows scanned, which is defined by the, the filter predicate. So as your selectivity becomes lower and lower, um, you actually need to scan a whole lot more data to execute the query. So as you can see, between 1 million and 39 million, um, Trinos actually has to scan way more records, do more work uh, for, for running that query. Uh, and it's natural that the query latency just keeps on increasing. On the other hand, if you look at the, the Pino latencies in blue, they're relatively flat. Uh, this is because even though uh, the total selectivity uh, changes, it's, it can still use its, um, oh, sorry, the, even if the total data set um, that it needs to process changes, it can still use its routing and indexing optimizations to prune um, most of the segments or, or to uh, ignore most of the, the rows and only focus on the ones that are relevant to that query. So with this combination, right, we, we're still sending a Trino query but we can, as you can see, there's like multiple orders of magnitude query different uh, query latency difference between the two techniques, uh, which is which is which is what gives you both flexibility and, and query latency. All right, so now let's look at uh, one of the cool things uh, that that uh, happened as part of of this connector. So, as I mentioned before, you can um, uh, the Trino connector tries to push down as much as possible to the Pino layer, right? The goal is to do minimal amount of work. Um, in some cases, uh, there are things that uh, Apache Pino supports, but are not really currently supported in, in, in by Trino itself. For example, uh, Theta Sketches is one example. So here's, here's a, a Theta Sketch query example, which is actually a Pino uh, syntax. Uh, theta sketches, in case you are not aware, it's a probabilis probabilistic data structure used to give you approximate aggregations. Um, so with this enabled in Pino, you can run it directly uh, on, on Pino, but even uh, there's no easy way to run it on, on Trino um, in, in, in the vanilla version. So what Elon and team 
ended up ended up doing is to uh, uh, is to model this as a pass through query. So if you look at the syntax here, um, the Trino query is quite simple. It's all it's doing is select star from a table, which is and the table is defined as pino.default dot the actual query that we want to push down. So this is, and in some sense, this is a hint given to Trino that I know this query can be executed on Pino, send it directly to the broker and just give me all the results that, that you get, get uh, back from the broker. So this again is powerful uh, because uh, we don't, until the official support for this grammar exists across both the systems, you can continue to leverage the unique things that, that Pino has to offer you know, without changing your, your SQL query engine, which is great. Right. Um, okay, so now let's uh, look at some of the challenges that, that uh, the, the team had to overcome uh, when running this in production. Uh, so one thing we noticed is when the scenarios where Trino Worker uh, ends up doing a lot of scans from the Pino server, uh, for example, it's doing select star or select a bunch of columns with, with low selectivity. Um, it actually causes a huge uh, uh, memory overhead on the Pino server. And in certain cases, uh, it, it, it can result in out-of-memory exceptions and the server might end up getting restarted. Uh, this is obviously non-ideal um, because it also affects the other queries happening natively in, in, in Pino. So a simple solution the team used uh, was to uh, introduce a new gRPC endpoint within the Pino server. Um, and this, this uh, through this endpoint, we can now um, stream records directly to the Trino worker instead of um, getting fetching them all in the Pino buffers uh, before, before the wire transfer happens. So, so now we can uh, safely do all kinds of queries, including large scans on, on Pino without having to worry about the Pino server going down. Um, so this has significantly improved the, the production readiness of, of this connector. Um, now let me go through some of the recent improvements uh, that have happened um, in this connector since, since the last time Elon and Shang presented this. So recently on the query side, uh, the, the team has implemented the having clause support in addition to the group by support, which is, which is already there. Um, and also a new, new data types have been, uh, are, are, are now supported through this connector, namely JSON, which is great for ad hoc JSON processing of, of uh, so you can have, um, JSON columns in your, uh, from in your input data source and then directly query it through Trino and Pino. And then other things like wire binary, which translates to bytes in Pino, Boolean, timestamp, and the corresponding uh, array array types as well. Um, and and this is the some of the future work that uh, that um, is happening right now, and you'll expect to see this in the open source soon. Um, the biggest one is the uh, Trino the the right uh, model through the Trino Pino connector. So. All the things I mentioned before are how do you query uh, data in Pino through Trino. Uh, what's the other thing that Elon and team have done is to enable writing data into Pino through the Trino Pino connector. So you you can write a uh, DDL uh, uh, query 
to create uh, uh, manage tables in, in Pinot as well as insert data in, in, into Pinot. And this is something they have been internally running in, in, in their company for about a year and, and uh, they're getting amazing results. So uh, I'm, I'm also excited to see this being finally merged uh, so that other folks can start using it. Uh, the other big thing that's happening on the in the Pinot side, <clears throat> excuse me, is is the uh, native join support. Um, so Pinot historically did not have a, a multi-stage query engine, um, so joins was was difficult to do. Um, we we have recently introduced ability to do uh, joins within Pinot, um, and and uh, and and this is obviously super flexible, but where this um, uh, is really helpful is scenarios where we can uh, we can accelerate query processing within Pinot. So for example, think of a scenario where you're trying to join two fact tables or fact and dim tables, which are, which can be partitioned on the same join key. Uh, so with if if you know uh, if users are okay with that assumption and and can uh, we, we can lay out the data during ingestion, um, then we have the the ability to execute co-located or partition has join queries so that uh, there is very little data movement between the Pinot servers and the query latency is extremely low um, in the order of maybe seconds or even lower. Um, so with this, the hope is uh, in addition to filter pushdown and aggregation function, function pushdown, we can also push down some of the join queries directly to Pinot. Um, so with, with these scenarios, Trino would send, send the join query to, to Pino and, and other cases where we still want to federate data, uh, we can still use, use the, the current mechanism that Trino has to offer. Uh, so this is an optimization that, that will only improve the query latency that we get from Trino and Pino. So just to conclude um, with uh, what we saw in the talk with, with uh, combining Trino and Pino through the Trino Pino connector gives us a lot of things, right? Uh, it gives us the flexibility to run ANSI SQL compliant queries on Pino and, and get the results in real time. Uh, it gives us the speed um, by doing by pushing down as much of the complexity to Pino as possible. Uh, we can really power ultra low latency and on also high throughput analytical queries. Um, in in as a Side effect, it also helps with cost. Uh, if you compare this with uh, trying to simply do the, the processing uh, in, in one system, the combined power of Trino and Pino will result in a lower cost to serve uh, in, in terms of the storage, memory, and, and CPU that you need. And finally, uh, this gives us a lot of flexibility in, to, to federate queries across Pino and all the other uh, data stored in, in all the other systems as we saw before uh, which is amazing with that I, I'll, I'll conclude my talk and then happy to take any questions that you have thank you